so you're putting everything back. Uh, you have all your little implements. You make sure you have your book. You make sure you have all, all your gear. You go up. You you pick, you stand up. You pick up your bag. You're about to leave. Suddenly you realize you didn't pick up your gun magazine. So you turn around. You bend down to pick it up. And out of the corner of your eye, under Rebecca's bed, you see a strange brass shape. Bum, bum, bum. I would like to investigate the strange brass shape. So you reach out and grab it. Um, it, it is a, a very small urn. Like a, like a small vase, but it's made out of brass, mm-hmm. and you can it's you can clearly see the iconography of Baphomet on the front of it. Aha, uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> K- Kelly, Kelly, I, f- I found um, I found a uh, uh, Kelly, and he'll uh, he'll kind of stomp out of the room with the with the urn in his gloved hand. Kelly, I found a, this um under her under her bed. Uh, Kelly's walking up the stairs uh, from putting the cultist in the back seat of the Taurus, and he looks at him. Uh, all right, well, what is it? It seems to be um, some sort of idol worship. Uh, um, I don't. I haven't opened it yet, but it 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 seems to be filled with something, and and it's got the glyphs of Baphomet on it, and and uh, yeah. All right, uh, what do you think? Is it safe to open here, or should we take it back to containment in the trunk? I, I think uh, I think it would be safe to do it uh, in the trunk. It would be best. All right, after you. Uh, he will uh, go to the trunk, and I assume the, the perpetrator is in the back seat, not in the trunk. He's in the back seat. Okay. Yeah, the trunk's where we keep all our <laughs> I didn't gear. I know if we were going to open the trunk and there was going to be like a little <laughs> dog kennel with him like shoved in in some magical means. <laughs> Actually, he's he's in one of those clear little yeah. cubes yeah, because exactly. uh, size is relative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, um, Alex will walk over and uh, go to the back. He'll um, open up some drawers and some. Uh, little uh little doodads that he needs and then he will take a deep breath and he will pop open the urn should i make a roll or are we just gonna all right so here's what happens yes pop open the urn and there is actually a, a rush of air that comes at you and there are some dust particles in it. So you open it up, and then you, you kind of jerk your head back and blink as this rush hits you and moves past you. Mm-hmm. When that clears, you look down, and in the urn, there is some sort of liquid, and there is something floating in the liquid. that's all you alex yeah i'm i'm just uh trying to find where you where do you put all your stuff uh there okay uh he grabs a glass bowl and then pours the contents of the liquid out into the glass bowl and voila all right so the (laughs) liquid that pours out is very clearly blood and 
the you, you you fill the little glass bowl with this the the thing that was floating in the blood it was it was kind of stuck in the urn so you have to tip it over and smack at the bottom a little bit like ketchup like ketchup absolutely <laughs> uh, it splashes into the blood and of course some of it splashes up and hits Alex right in the cheek and uh, Kelly immediately sees that the thing that fell into the blood is the uh the stone that he was um that that burned him and somehow vanished back in the morgue what the hell kelly will reach in and kind of pinch it out and look at it does it heat up again uh it does heat up again but now you're ready for it and of course with your ecto glove thingies you're very well protected ecto glove thingies that's what they were called <laughs> that's the technical, that's term. technical term i didn't want to bring it up earlier but now we're in the game i, I feel like i can i no, can bring that subject glove up get your egs on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh once it starts heating up and getting a little uncomfortable he'll just set it back in the bowl um seal it up i guess we'll give it to marty and he can take a look at it yeah okay so he'll uh he'll seal up the the glass container and put it in a uh, in a receptacle to hold it. He will put the top back on the urn and put it in a separate uh, place to hold it in the back of the trunk. And then he will take his book out and then start leafing through the pages to try to see if he can do any uh, sort of findings on it at at present. So you don't find something that specifically tells you what it is, but you do find vague kind of general information that it seems to have some sort of similarities to a hex bag. So a, a witch would use a hex bag to mark a, a foe with a curse or use it as a, as a connection for some sort of arcane working. This seems to carry the same principles so you're thinking that somehow this was used to mark Rebecca for whatever was going on. However, you can't specifically trace the runes or the markings on it, but you're pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, based on that knowledge, would we assume that the blood is Rebecca's or the blood is this witch's or, or leader's? With the limited resources you have at hand, mm -hmm. you're really not sure. However, if you're going to make some logical assumptions, if this was some sort of item or device that targeted her, it would probably be powered by the, the blood of whoever was doing the targeting. Okay. Interesting. But that is a, a guess at this point. You yeah. don't have any additional information with you at this point in time. However, you could always call Marty from the hotel room. Do we have a tracker fly in here somewhere? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, I do have a tracker. Yes. Um, what, what time is it? Is it, is it dark yet? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's dusk right now. It's, it's, it's just dusk. past dusk. Okay. I uh, I um, now that it's um, gotten dark, I actually do have a um, have uh, some sort of tracker with us. Um, wh- uh, what kind of tracking were you thinking? Like um, like you using the guy, the blood. Uh, uh. No, if if your assumption is correct, and that blood belongs to the person who marked uh, Julie, then. Rebecca whatever then we could use the tracker fly uh, and it could drink some of that blood and then track down the individual whose blood it is right right so um, it's it's a big mosquito looking thing (laughs) so uh, Alex will get back out of the car because we haven't moved yet right I mean I, I thought we were still standing by yeah, the trunk. Exactly. So he will go back into the containment uh, field and pull out a uh, the the this larger cube than your uh, than your roach cube, and there is a large black mosquito-looking creature. Almost looks like it's made out of obsidian. It's a little uh, it's a little stonework thing, and he will yep. uh, <laughs> he will open up the glass container of. Um, blood and then open up the uh, mosquitoes containment and then place it in the blood and the thing kind of wiggles into life sucks up uh enough of the blood and begins to emanate a uh, crimson glow and then kind of and then takes off but doesn't leave our vicinity but kind of just starts heading in the direction right what it does and this is very normal you guys have used these tracking bugs many many times Mm -hmm. it starts where you are and it starts flying in a circle around you Mm -hmm. getting wider and wider and then finally when it um catches the scent of where it's going um it will start basically flying back and forth in a straight line kind of in the the vector that you would head off on right so and it does that until you start to follow it. All right, load up. I think it's time to go. All right. Alex is going to close the trunk and then get in the passenger seat. Uh, I'm going to start getting into the driver's seat and then think of something and walk back and pull out a uh, a leech. Uh, only this leech is um, it looks like the night sky. Uh, and you can actually see clouds flowing through its body. And I'm going to walk uh, and open the back door and put the leech on the cultist's neck. Uh, and it should keep him asleep. A dream leech, obviously. Uh, obviously. That, uh, that tracks. That's solid. And then we uh, get in the car and we follow the uh, the tracker bug. Perfect. So uh, the tracker bug is small enough not to be noticed, but with this crimson light it's giving off, you guys are are very easily able to follow it through the town. It's nighttime, um, and the the city is busy with nightlife. There's lots of people on the streets. There's cars going back and forth. uh, But the bug takes you through town. Uh, Eventually you get out into the suburbs, and... The bug directs you to 
the what appears to be the gymnasium of uh, a local high school. Oh, it's a fitness cult. <laughs> yep. That's Sorry, I think that's called P ninety X. That's what it is. Uh, so yeah, we'll all follow the bug until uh, until it's very obvious that it is going to that gym, and we'll just park in the parking lot. So you can see that in this parking lot, it's clearly it, it took you a couple hours to get through town, because the bug doesn't really understand streets, so it wasn't always <laughs> driving in the the most uh, easy to understand way. You're just able to follow it, so you ended up going around the block a bunch of times and all kinds of stuff. It is well into night by this point. The school's obviously been closed all day. There are about a dozen cars in the parking lot. But there are no lights on anywhere in the building. The The, the street lights aren't even on. There's clearly nothing going on after hours. There's no basketball game. There's no after-school activity, nothing like that. But there are about a dozen cars parked there. All right. What do you think, Alex? You think it's the cultists? Uh, uh, um, at the at the very, um, based on our knowledge, I think at the very least this is where that person is. If not, this is the home of the cultists. Could it seriously be a high school cult? I I. They just keep getting younger and younger every year. It's that damn internet. So I'll uh, I'll go back to the trunk again, uh, and I'll root around and uh, pull out a couple of uh, uh, magazines that are filled with uh, special squirming ammo. Um, squirming ammo, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of bullets, it's little glowworms. Um, <laughs> so I'll hand you one. Uh, if we need to tag the cultists, um, if there are too many of them for us to handle, then uh, just tag them with this, uh, and we'll be able to find them later. Sh- um, should I should I load this now or? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think we're in the business of killing them yet. Okay. So um, Alex will uh, uh, deftly. But uh, almost foreignly, load the magazine into the into his pistol. <laughs> when you chamber the first round, it squishes a little bit. <laughs> and obviously, you did it backwards the first time, <laughs> like a USB, because you always do it backwards yep. the first time. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> it makes a little squeaky noise. <laughs> it squishes. All right, uh, and then uh, we're gonna approach the gymnasium okay uh there are a bunch of doors there there's a big main doorway you can tell it's the main entrance to this part of the high school there are a few side doors they're probably what the maintenance or the janitors would use uh there are a couple doors on the side of the high school building that's facing you um they're all dark you don't see anything that's propped open. You don't see anything that appears to be broken glass. You don't see anything like that. All right. So, uh, I'll try the doors. Do any of them open, or are they all pretty locked? 
the first couple doors you try are all locked. Uh, but then one of the small doors kind of around the back corner does squeak open. All right. Uh, I'll pause for a sec, look at Alex and signal just to make sure he's ready. I will signal back with a thumbs up, which I assume is the correct signal. Uh, and then I throw the door open and I quickly step in uh, with my pistol forward, uh, sweeping the room for any threats. All right, so you are walking into kind of the the back end of the gymnasium. You're behind where all the bleachers are. Uh, there's a big basketball court, so there's a big open space in front of you, but you're kind of walking between the bleachers to get there. There are no lights on, but you can definitely see light that you can tell is... Uh, burning flame or candles. It's got that warm glow that you know is is a live fi- fire. And you immediately hear chanting. All right. Um, we're official. We're the boss. Uh, so I don't think we need to do any stealth. We're just. I'm just gonna walk right up to him. Pistols out. Okay. So you walk through the bleachers on the ba- on the floor of the basketball court. You see that there are uh, maybe about 15 to 20 people wearing these uh, big dark robes, very similar to what the guy that's tied up in your car is wearing. Uh, There is a little stage that has been set up. It's elevated about a foot off the floor. Uh, There are two more of these big guys, like the one you beat up earlier, standing on either edge. They're standing there with their arms crossed, Obviously, they're guards. In the middle of the stage, there are two uh, braziers of candles that are lit, but they're holding big torches. So that's where where all the light's coming from. There is one figure standing there. Uh, His hood is thrown back. Uh, It's an older gentleman. He's very thin. He's very tall. Uh, He has his arms raised up to the sky. You hear him leading this chant. Uh, The group of people on the floor of the basketball court are all on their knees. And they are uh, chanting along with him as kind of a call and repeat chant. Without even listening to the words, you know it's a summoning chant. You just, you're, you're so experienced, you know the tones, you know uh, the pattern of the words and the phrasing, so you know they're summoning something. So over which one is the tracking bug hovering? Uh, the tracking bug flew in after you guys uh, kicked in the door, and it is flying towards the, the tall guy on the stage. The one with his, uh, the older guy with his hands up? Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, He's getting a glowworm to the neck. Okay. So uh, you shoot the guy in the neck. He he stumbles backwards, slaps his hand to his throat, gurgles and chokes a little bit. Uh, The glowworm burrows into his skin, uh, and so now he's got a little glowy spot. So then he screams in pain as a bug that was shot at him like a bullet now bites and digs into his throat. 
So that screaming disrupts his chanting. It immediately disrupts the crowd in front of him. The two big thugs move towards him because he kind of falls backwards. And he has his hand on his throat. Uh, and he he's looking around. He has not yet seen you. Party's over, everyone. You're all under arrest. Uh, I'll be fumbling for my gun at this point. So a silence falls over the gymnasium. Uh, some of the, the, the cultists on the gym floor are looking at you guys. Some are looking up at the guy on the stage. There's just a moment of silence. No one knows how to react. Uh, the, the guy gets back to his feet, looks at you for a second, and then just starts to laugh. And he says... No one shall stop the summoning of our Lord. I will complete the ritual. Get them. And he points at you guys. So uh, we're going to have a, uh, a big combat scene here. Yes. Uh, we're going to do two things. We're going to have ten successes necessary to complete the scene. Um, we're going to have a side goal of four successes that will be considered stopping the ritual. Ah, that is a good thing to do. <laughs> um, we are going to have this be a threat of two. Yikes. Because basically rushing at you guys are all of these cultists plus the two big guys. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. Let's just keep that as a threat of one. We'll just keep it a threat of one. Um, but uh, we'll take it up to eight possible details for you. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, Matthew, you want to take out the, the leader guy? Work towards the stopping the ritual? Yeah, sure. I can, uh, I'll keep the rest off your back. Sounds good. All right, so uh, Kelly will um, yell, Alex, get the leader. I'll keep him off your back. And then he storms into combat. <laughs> so he'll, uh, I guess I'm going first because I already started talking. Exactly. But he will, he'll run forward and he squeezes off three shots and uh, three of the cultists get a glow worm to their left eye uh, and they fall to their knees and slap their hands over their face as uh, they scream in pain as it starts to burrow into their, their face. And then he uh, leaps at one of the bigger guys and lands on his chest and is just going to try and uh, uh, pistol whip him. Uh, right to the forehead um, and then leap off of his chest uh, and then kind of kick one of the other guys in the head. Okay, yeah, that's... I have no idea how many details that was. Just take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I am going to... Use your parkour master uh, skill. (laughs) Well, he's uh, been an athlete all his life, so you know he's been into a lot of different things. Uh, I'm going to roll all dice as investigative dice. So I'm going for broke. Okay. Wow. I only got one failed die, uh, so that's seven successes. And I will take uh, one stability harm 
Now, what you could do is choose to uh, instead take that as a penalty to one of your skills if you didn't want to take the physical harm. Since we are playing with that rule here, we're trying to see how that works. Uh, I'm, I'm doing physical stuff right now. Uh, I think I'll just keep it as stability right now. Okay. Uh, but in the future, when one of them uh, barfs black fluid on me, I might uh, <laughs> might go a little insane. Well, that might happen now. Jeez. <laughs> That's why I mentioned it. Okay. So that was Kelly. Uh, what is Alex going to do? Okay. So Alex is uh, has heard his orders from his superior officer to take out the leader. He looks at the gun in his hand and he knows that this gun is not really his cup of tea. He knows that his 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 fort is in in these little monsters. So he reaches into the bag and pulls out a uh a disc. Uh keys yes. <laughs> keys a couple uh runes in a in a series of uh in a secret pattern and uh from the disc is summoned a a large a largest uh, black ferret with red eyes. Um, it is uh, called a, a a banja, a Indian vampire spirit. <laughs> and he uh, he summons the creature and uh, commands it to to attack this uh, this leader in in the throes of summoning ritual so the creature skimpers off the uh the disc which um alex has to remain in his hand with glyphs covered with his hand and he draws the gun on the leader and starts to uh yell at him to try to stop while the the banja sneaks up on him all right so that's going to definitely be all eight okay uh are are you specifically targeting the side goal of stopping the ritual yes okay uh so i'm gonna roll uh six and two okay with a six being investigation and i'm using my uh creature fascination so that's my highest uh i just threw a die across the room i'm gonna grab a new one easy roller dice they're magnetic so you can get them back real easy i don't know if they're magnetic that might be stupid but i don't (laughs) care Okay, so here we go. Okay. Well, I failed one of my sanities and failed one of my investigations, but everything else is a success. Okay, cool. So you do not take any damage. Yes. And you wipe out the side goal of stopping the ritual. Excellent. So... uh you you you're holding your gun on this guy. Mm-hmm. It's still shaking a little bit, but obviously you are just the distraction yeah. for your vampire ferret. <laughs> a banja, <laughs> a banja. <laughs> so uh, the banja skips across the room, bouncing from shadow to shadow. the uh, The cult leader is staring at you, laughing. He is ignoring you and your gun he is going back to complete his ritual suddenly the banja emerges from a shadow it does not target him though it specifically targets the ritual candle holders and Mm -hmm. the the torches that were burning there and the banja just shatters them so they they fall to the ground in pieces 
the fire is still burning, mm -hmm. but you can see that the uh, the light has changed. So whatever ritual this guy was completing was somehow tied to the fire, and by disrupting everything, you can tell that the energy has shifted. You know it has been disrupted. Uh, the Banja, with its mission completed, bounces back and is now uh, kind of waiting at your feet for its next order. Um, the throng of cultists are being dealt with handily by Kelly. He is in the thick of it, swinging and fighting, but he is a one-man wrecking crew, uh, nimbly taking down and dealing with uh, the entire threat. Uh, the the old man, the cult leader on the stage, wails in anger, and he raises uh, a hand to his neck, and from underneath his robes, he pulls out a necklace with a uh, with a stone set in the finding, and in the light of the fire, you can see that the stone has the same glyphs as the one you found in Rebecca's house. And he he shrieks out in into the the darkness of the gym. Uh, Help me, Dark Master! Help me strike down your foes! And there is a bolt of power out of nowhere. Uh, it hits him, and he suddenly transforms into a giant, monstrous beast. He is an aspect of. Uh, Baphomet, and he stands there uh, roaring in anger. Oh, and, darn. And he oh, charges boy. into battle. So now we will have a nemesis for the rest of this fight. Uh, he has three stability, and he will be joining the battle. However, uh, we will go back to you, Devin, so Kelly can have another turn. There are three successes left to kind of finish off the cultists and handle this scene. Uh, and then you could also choose to directly engage the cult leader now in a one-on-one -on -one fight as a nemesis. Uh, I think uh, Kelly is a little... He's too into dealing with the uh, the cultists that he hasn't really computed the... Or he hasn't realized that someone new is on the battlefield he's too focused so um i might be setting alex up for failure but uh i i think it'll be interesting so uh kelly is going to uh he's throwing elbows and throwing knees and um leaping over people and grabbing necks and twisting them around and throwing people to the ground um he's all out of um the the glowworm bullets um, so he, he does a finishing move of, uh, snapping someone's, uh, someone's elbow, uh, with the cultist on the ground. Um, how many dice do I have? That's, that's eight. That's way more than eight, but that's definitely eight. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to, let's see, roll seven investigative and one sanity. Okay. And everything succeeds. Wow. Awesome. So Kelly continues to prove why he is the best 
most senior disc field operative in the entire organization, single-handedly taking down a uh, throng of cultists and their two massive bodyguards. Uh, so Alex is kind of on the sidelines here. Uh, he, he's watching this giant fight. He is seeing this aspect of Baphomet come towards them. What is he going to do? Alex is seeing this aspect of Baphomet, and I assume it's a some sort of minotaur-esque creature with at least two horns, maybe maybe a third coming from the center, uh, rippling muscles, probably 10 feet tall, we think, and maybe... A, at, at least. At least. Jet black skin, yep. fur ruffling in wind that isn't there. Mm-hmm. Those big uh, kind of um, satyr goat legs oh yeah 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 the wrong way yeah. around yeah of course constantly drooling ichor yep and, oh, definitely. and when it opens its mouth and bellows the it's got a bunch more sharpened teeth than a than a cow probably should have or a goat probably should have oh jeez, <laughs> definitely so Absolutely. uh alex uh seeing this creature and it bellowing and it's uh, you know spittling its ichor out and it never, it doesn't get close enough to him at this juncture, but um, but he's kind of just like brings the gun kind of in and, and says, "Fascinating." And then he uh, he tells the the he was gonna send the banja to help his uh, his co, but apparently we don't need to help Captain America, so <laughs> screw it, let's attack the Captain Minotaur. Captain Cthulhu. Yeah. So he's going to tell the uh, the Banja to uh, attack the creature. The Banja's going to scamper off again, uh, dipping from the the flickering shadows of the firelight and uh, latch onto the creature's thigh in one nimble grasp and begin to start tearing at it with its little uh, with its little fangs. Um, and Alex will also steady his gun as best as he can and try to loose off some shots of the glowing worm critters at this creature. All right. So since you are engaging the nemesis here, yes, uh, we will uh, have this part of the combat go back and forth. So that now the nemesis has a, a chance to respond to your actions. Oh, okay. There. That's fine. Um, right now you've got five. Okay. Uh, so the, the nemesis when he is hit by the banja, actually stumbles backwards and crashes into the bleachers, uh, mostly by surprise, because he did not expect to be attacked in such a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he will come to his feet, roaring in a language you cannot understand. Uh, he is going to pick up a chunk of the bleachers and throw it at you. Okay. Uh, uh, so now you have a chance to respond with another set of actions to get more dice. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Alex will see this attack coming and think better of his idea to use his pistol and roll away from the bleachers and hopes to not be crushed by them while maintaining the correct sequence of glyphs to keep his banja on the on the correct warpath and not uh, fading back to prison and with you dodging out of the way uh 
the priest will charge towards you, mm-hmm. uh, and he will basically start a series of strikes out to try to grab you mm-hmm. and rip the uh, crystal disc away from you. Because as uh, you are running away, the banja is basically kind of harrying at the the priest. He he's running in, yeah. taking a couple bites or swipes, running back away. Mm-hmm. So so the the priest is trying to get the disc away from. It's you. definitely the cutest fight you've ever seen. If you've ever seen ferrets attack things, <clears throat> it's a super <laughs> it's a super cute fight. It's a super cute fight. It's horrifying on one side, but the other side it's just adorable. Uh, right. It's an occasional ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you want to add any more details in, or do you want to roll from I where we are? I feel like if we add any more details, we're just going to be going tit for tat. So, I'd rather roll. Okay. So you have your full eight. Okay. Uh, the priest has uh, five right now. Okay. So he is going to be rolling four attack and one defense. I'm going to be rolling uh, five attack and three defense, also on my creature fascination uh, card. Okay, uh, I failed one attack, but everything else passed. All right, so he only had two successful attacks, so your two defenses block those. Okay. And he only had one successful defense. Okay. And you had a lot more than that. Yes, I don't remember how many you had. I had five. Okay, so that will completely eliminate him as a nemesis. Nice. Um, (laughs) So basically you are uh, dodging out of the way but still managing to keep your banja summoned. Mm -hmm. Eventually we're going to get to a point where – well, let me rephrase that. What do you want to do – at the end here do you want to simply kill him do you want to try to capture him or banish him Uh, what's your goal i I think that capture would probably be uh alex's modus operandi okay so i'm gonna say this uh you are dodging back and forth you are having the banja uh basically trick the priest into continually running into things and running through parts of the bleachers so you're kind of knocking him around through all the furniture and stuff. Right. And kind of peppering him with uh, splinters and things and, and all sorts of foreign objects that probably aren't good for him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as you see that he's starting to get worn down and injured uh, in a very well-practiced, and this is one of the few things that Alex is really confident in, he dismisses the banja, mm-hmm. grabs an empty disc, Mm-hmm. and keys the glyph pattern to actually start a capture spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disc starts to radiate this very bright uh, green, almost like a lime green light, and it starts to draw the priest and his aspect of Baphomet towards it. Uh, the The creature is yelling and screaming. He's trying to grab onto something to hold on to. He he does that whole nail scratching across the floor thing. Uh but the light totally encaptures him, draws him in, and after a few seconds, uh the light ends. There is now a new 
shadow bouncing around the inside of this crystal disc. <sighs> Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Are you, uh, are you okay? I'm, I am. I'm fine. That was, that was nicely done, Alex. Hey, thanks. You did good, too. Uh, I'll take out my cell phone and uh, click a button uh, to dial Murray or Marty. Just call him Murray. It's fine. You've been doing it all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's uh, <laughs> Kelly's bad with names, apparently. <laughs> it rings for a second. Feel ups, Marty. Hey, Marty. Uh, I've got some cultists tagged ready for the pit. Can you initiate transfer? Oh, oh, wow. Uh, 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 yeah, um, 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 hold on right away. Um, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send a, I'll send a Vandover right now. Wow. Oh, no, I, I mean the pit. Uh. Oh. oh. Um, yeah. It, is that bad? Really? Yeah. Uh, we can, we can always get them out later if, uh, if HQ wants them out, but, um. Uh, there's there's too many to transfer in one in a single vehicle. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, I've never had to do that before. Hold on. Uh, uh, uh let me get my manual. Uh, let me get my manual. Um, it, it, it's uh, the big green glowing glyph above the EG. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot what it was. Okay. Hold on. Stand by. <laughs> so you hear him put the phone down, and you hear him running through the office. And uh, this glyph is activated with a, a few words, and you hear him shouting them over, uh, over the phone. He's, shout- he's like basically screaming them at the top of his lungs, <laughs> even though you don't have to do that at all. <laughs> and then a large, gaping hole opens in the floor of the gymnasium, and you see this swirling maw of blackness uh, very similar to the blackness that is on your hands right now but it's much angrier and darker and uh, all of the cultists just get sucked into it oh yeah I think uh, uh, the swirling blackness kind of arcs out and touches them and then they get coated in that black stuff the same as oh, we've got oh yeah and then they get dragged into the hole mm-hmm yeah, nice. but it's 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 almost like a tentacle reaching yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. It's it's almost like a like a starry <laughs> tentacle. Yeah, and and then the end of it just bloop, swirls around them and envelops them and drags them down. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that's that's way better. I love it. Disc is gross. <laughs> cool. So after all of them are sucked in, uh, the pit stays open for a couple seconds too long, and these tentacles are kind of sweeping around looking for something else to grab. One of them actually brushes past Kelly uh, and he just kind of smacks at it angrily. (laughs) Uh, And then it closes up. The gym is exactly as it was before, except that it's kind of sort of on fire and there's all these broken uh, pieces of furniture and bleachers everywhere. It's, it's well known that the uh, that some of the creatures in the employ of Disc or just need a firm hand when when uh, <laughs> when it comes to business. Sometimes they forget who they're working for. You know what I mean? 
it, it's hard to shake those eldritch instincts of consuming everything and twisting it to their dark yeah, desires. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So then Marty comes back to the phone. You hear him running back. All right. I, I, I got it. I got it, Agent Johnson. I got it. Yeah, it worked. Thanks. All right. Um, uh, is there anything else? You need anything else? Uh, yeah. Uh, put in on Alex's jacket that he's full field. Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, Kelly will kind of clap Alex on the on the shoulder. You did good, Alex. Th- thanks. All right, and the two of you walk out of the gymnasium as uh, as the fire licks up behind you. Yeah. So you've got that perfect ending shot of, of the scene, walking out in shadow with firelight behind you. Only this time something explodes, and the shockwave throws us to the ground, and we look up in shock. What the hell? As Baphomet himself is rising out of a hole, and it's like, here we go. And you know what? I think that's a perfect way to end this episode for next time. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.